Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective. In this series, I'm accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Collective. Yeah, um, just as a quick reminder, this is a somewhat new format for us where I connect to the collective consciousness of all the people on planet Earth, um, where I am able to perceive how you feel, what you think in this moment in time, as well as address some of the issues that are coming through for the collective. Yeah, um, today is a very special episode. Um, We're going to be talking about one of your collective shadows. Just as a quick reminder, a shadow is not something that is necessarily bad, but it is something that is your blind spot. This is something that belongs to the realm of the great unknown. This is something that you don't know that you don't know. Shadow, especially collective shadow, is one of those things that doesn't ever come through as a request from the collective because you guys are simply unaware that that is a problem in your time-space reality or in your life. And that is why hardly ever would I get an actual request from the collective to even shed the light on any of the topics surrounding your shadow or a specific shadow. You may ask about shadow work in general, but you would not ask any specific questions that could lead us to the conversation that I believe is very important to have today. Um, And this conversation today is going to revolve around your language and specifically around the concept of your word as a creative force, as a creative entity, as an item that is co-creating your reality right alongside you. Your word is a tool of creation. Your word as a tool of manifestation. Your word as a tool of getting from where you are today to where you would like to be. Your word is a tool of making the future happen. Uh, Manifestation is is a topic that is actually very um, alive and well in the collective. Enough of you are curious about manifestation. Actually, in the past 30 years, as I'm like scanning the collective right now, there's been a true surge. There's been a true um, wave of interest, shall I say, around how do I manifest things into being? Very often, the concept of manifestation is a little bit diluted and polluted, should I say, by the folks that would like to get quick wins, right? So one of the faces, should I say, of manifestation is getting something without putting in the hard work. At least that is the perception of collective humanity that that is what manifestation is. Now, whether that is true or not, I think will remain to be the topic of another episode. But what I would like to shed the light on today is the power of your word. Now, there are things that you do know that you do know, and more, even more than that, 
All of you have heard by now that your words create your reality, your thoughts create your reality. That is something that you have all heard. And by the way, it has even joined the realm of the Akashic Records that has become your core belief. So one of the newly adopted beliefs of humanity is that your words create your reality or your words create your future. Should I say your thoughts? Let me preface that with the fact that you actually think that your thoughts create your reality. Now, there are different reasons for that. You know, there has definitely been a lot of information that came through to the surface of this planet that would help you, um, that helped solidify that as a concept. However, there is something that nobody's talking about as far as it relates to the great power of your word or the great logos that I think needs to see the light of day. And this something is um, the state of your word. I will explain and I will dive deeper as always though, just to preface our conversation. Because during this format, what I am tuning into is the collective energies of humanity, which means that as I am telling you this story, as we're going down the rabbit hole of trying to understand the state of your word, your relationship with your word, and your relationship with your creative power on planet Earth today in this moment in time. One thing that I would like to invite you to do is to ask questions or, you know, let me know how you feel at any point of this process because I am doing this for you. I want to make sure that you understand. And essentially, this is one of the most important topics that we could be covering um, as it relates to you getting results in your life, as it relates to getting the life that you want. So as far as I'm concerned, this is a, a foundational type episode that I hope you really take to heart. And I hope that you really take the time to understand. Some of you might need to re-listen to it a few times before this information sinks in. Because what we're going to be talking about today is that much of a collective shadow. It, it's that much the realm of unprocessed, unknown, the realm of mystery. <laughs> it's something that is completely not part of your day in and day out. So manifestation. Go, uh, so again, feel free to ask questions. You know, I will, uh, for the listeners of this podcast, right? Obviously, the listeners are not going to hear the questions that the collective is asking of me. So if I open it up, to the floor, you know, if I open up the floor to the questions, then I will essentially repeat the questions back to you to make sure that you understand what happens as we're going down um, this, uh, this rabbit hole today. So um, let's go back to manifestation. Enough of you are curious about the topic. Um, enough of you are going to be even more curious in the coming years, months and years around, you know, how do you bring in the best life? How do you manifest um, the future that you really want to be aligned with and not just some default version of future or destiny of fate that you're living into? Those are great questions to be asking. And right now, there's actually never been a better time to align with what you want to align with because the vibrations and the frequencies of planet Earth are rising. Again, no big surprise here if you've been following anything that goes on in the spiritual community the Schumann resonance, all, you know, it's, it's kind of out there in the open. Planet Earth is ascending. Now, whether humanity or a portion of humanity is going to ascend with planet Earth remains to be the question. Um, I am personally in the camp of we have to do the work first, right? It's not all purple rainbows and unicorns, unicorns. But yeah, let's talk about your word. 
uh, or rather, you know, the state of your word today. As I'm doing the quick scan of your collective relationship with the concept of word as a creative tool, about 90% of humanity alive and breathing on planet Earth today has a dysfunctional, disjointed and polluted relationship with your own personal creative tool, with your own word toolbox. So let me take it, now that we got that out of the way, that's a big step. Listen, you guys, what is possible on planet Earth is for the 90% of you to have a functional relationship with your word a functional relationship with language, a functional relationship with your thought process. What we are experiencing right now is the polar opposite of that. So I would say this is one of the very important issues to address, and it's one of the ailments of humanity today that you are unaware of. So let's maybe go up a little bit. So let's go up a little bit. And what I mean by that is like, let's zoom out and let's look at the big picture first. Uh, This time-space reality, uh, this matrix that you all exist in day in and day out, is built according to a certain set of rules. Now, there's a few episodes that we've already worked on for you um, earlier in in the life of this podcast. Uh, We've done one uh, around the Hermetic Principles. I strongly recommend you go and listen to it if you haven't already. Uh, we've We've talked about the matrix as well. So one thing that you have to understand is that to win, essentially, in the game of life, you have to play by the rules of the matrix. It's kind of like, you know, like, think of the matrix as a computer game. A computer game always operates according to a certain set, uh, set of rules or set of laws. You've all played Mario Brothers, right? Like, you all know how that game is played. And you've all essentially played Tetris, or enough of you have. But if you're trying to perceive Tetris from the lens of Mario Brothers or vice versa, you're not going to be very successful in the game because the rules of the game are very, very different. So in essence, you have to understand the rules of the game before you can fully align with essentially being a very successful player of the game. One of the rules and one of the aspects of the matrix is all is thought. So what that means is this is a thought-based construct This is a construct or a game where intellect runs supreme, which is not to say that it is the only aspect of this reality, but shall we say that everything within the matrix is a very logical construct. Things within the matrix are not random, unless they're randomized, (laughs) just needed to make that disclaimer. They all operate according to a certain set of laws. Now, the matrix, as above, so below, is a particular framework that also reflects certain aspects of source energy. For those of you that are just new to the podcast, you know, source is essentially, I mean, there are many names for the consciousness that I call source. Some call it the absolute. Some call it God. You know, I call it source because I believe it's the source of everything. So for all intents and purposes, source is that consciousness that we all came from. Um, so that being said, um, source as an entity has has certain qualities, you know, um, has certain properties and has a certain way that it likes to work with matter and antimatter. And one of the principles that source governs 
or shall I say one of the tools in the toolbox of source as an energy, is the creative power of logos or word of source, a word of God, word of absolute, however you want to name this. Essentially, the and and bear with me because I'm, I'm actually as I'm scanning the collective right now, you guys are not fully sure why I'm going to such a lofty level, but I promise you, I'm going to bring it home to you in a quick second. You just have to understand how the picture is painted for you to be able to understand what is happening at your level and on your planet. But essentially, um, as source was splitting itself, right? And that is how, you know, on this plane of consciousness, you think of it as the Big Bang, right? That moment in time that started bringing about everything from nothing, right? Some ephemeral Big Bang happened, all of a sudden now we have the universe, whereas we didn't have before. What essentially happens at source level is that there are there are two types of energies that it has available to it, chaos and logos. And essentially all of the energy combined uh, would fit into one of the two buckets, either chaotic uh, or um, should I say, so the, the energy of chaos is unorganized energy. So this is something that hasn't yet taken shape or form. So chaos in this regard is something that goes or comes before um, something actually spring, some, something that has form springs into existence. So it is the great potential of everything is chaos. Um, and you can call it also the great uh, feminine principle, the divine feminine principle, if you'd like. Logos is the divine masculine principle. The divine masculine principle is that which gives form and structure to chaos to create things in the universe, right? So essentially, logos is a tool that source energy that God uses to create the building blocks of your reality. Literally, everything that you see around yourself, everything that has ever been created in the universe was being able or was able to be created um, by the virtue of Logos. So what is Logos? The word of God. What is that? It is the great organizing principle. It is a frequency. It is an energy that takes something that doesn't have shape or form or size that essentially exists outside of time space. And you can't really pinpoint what it is. And then with a particular impulse that Logos contains within itself in the moment in time, it starts shaping energy that is amorphous into something that has shape, form, and meaning and purpose, right? So essentially, all of the process of creation is moving energy from the state of chaos to the state of Logos. And then essentially, when 100% of energy, and by the way, this we're going really high up, but this I, I feel like you guys are ready for this information, so I'm going to give it to you. Essentially, the whole process that we see in the universe, like if you were really to zoom out and look at things from the perspective of source, from the perspective of God, what you would be able to see is that the entirety of universe is contained within an inhale and an exhale. So in the same way that you guys breathe all the time, the universe does as well. Everything in it has a breath. And essentially, there is a space between the in-breath and the out-breath, the inhale and the exhale. And on the in-breath, right? So imagine there was nothing, like no air in your lungs, and then the universe takes a breath in. What happens during the breath in is 
essentially chaos turning into like through logos into organized matter and then at one point in time you reach a state where essentially there is no more chaos left so everything in the entirety of existence has been organized into something it has been given shape of form and size and then the great dismantling happens or the outbreath or the exhale and then the on the exhale that which once had form goes back to chaos and at state zero we have a universe that is a hundred percent chaos chaos and zero percent logos and on the other side of the spectrum you have a universe that is a hundred percent logos which is form the universe that has shape form and size to everything and zero percent chaos does that make sense? I hope it does. Hold on. I'm going to ask you a question in a quick second, but let me just finish my thought real quick. You know, so essentially all of the universe is the movement from chaos to logos and back into chaos, if that makes sense. So the movement between the grand feminine and the grand masculine, right? And all the different stages in between of how matter and antimatter are being distributed. So essentially source consciousness itself experiences itself as different proportions of the two forming energies the masculine and the feminine when it's 100 percent chaos at state zero it is 100 percent feminine and then logos comes through and it becomes one percent masculine two percent masculine three percent masculine etc to re-emerge as 100 percent masculine on the other side and then the, the cycle goes on the cycle goes on um i feel like there is a question in the collective if so please let me know Okay, so the question is, how, how does it relate to us? I get it. I get it. This is very high level. Uh, but thank you for bearing with me. I Let's start bringing it home for you guys. So, logos, right? Again, the grand creative divine masculine principle that can take energy and turn that into matter. Essentially, this principle was borrowed by the architect of the matrix, or essentially the creator of the video game that you all are playing day in and day out. So the architect of the matrix is by, for all intents and purposes, the primary intelligence that created the system, this life that you're living, right? Or should I say created the rules and the framework for the life that you're living? Now, the architect is kind of like the version of the Nobel Prize winner in science of the hierarchy of light. And what I mean by that is the great architect is an intellectual through and through. The great architect is the brains behind the operation. So no wonder that the great architect of the matrix was incredibly, incredibly inspired by the power of logos. And because the great architect was actually a really good student of source, a really good student of God, it had to, or rather it chose to, imitate some of the principles um, and some of the foundational energies that Source had within itself because the great architect wanted to master those energies. And not only that, but the great architect wanted to build the system so that each of you, and that is where I'm starting to bring it home, each of you sitting in your house or, or you know, whatever you are in the moment right now, each of you could master through the virtue of the system that you incarnated in. Let me repeat what I said in not so many words. One of the great lessons of the matrix is for you to be able to learn 
to manage the power, the creative power of your personal logos or your personal word. That is by far one of the major, major lessons that you can learn in this time-space reality as an incarnated human. Now, of course, you came into incarnation, you descended here, and you forgot all about it. There is one thing that is true for 100% of you, and that is, as a part of your going through the motions in this life, as a part of you chasing your mission and being, you know, incarnated in this body, in, in, you know, on this planet, one of your submissions or one of the energies that you have come here to master is the energy of your word and not for no reason, but because word literally connects you to God. Um, I think it's in the Bible that it says that God created humans essentially in his own image and its own image, right? Um, that is why you guys, and, and actually one of the <laughs> ways to perceive that, and one of the ways that you should think about that is the same creative tool, toolbox, toolkit that the source had when it was creating the universe. You do have to create the universe of your life, essentially, that your future. So long story short, all of you have come here with a very, very important tool. And that tool is the ability to communicate. Um, the word technically, or communication, right, language comes in many different formats. Thought forms are a form of your language. But today, specifically, we're going to be talking about the spoken word. So here's how kind of like the density of language works. So um, imagine that your thought form, your thought, thought and thought form, I can use them interchangeably, it's one and the same thing. Imagine that your thought form has a density of one or weighs, I don't know, one gram. Although obviously thoughts don't weigh anything, but I want to bring it home for you. Uh, I'll give you an example that you guys could understand. So if your thought weighs one gram, then your spoken word is going to weigh 20 grams and your written word is going to weigh about 40 grams. That is how the density of these different forms of language uh, exist. That's how they manifest themselves into the universe. What I mean by that is that every time you write something down, it's 40% more impactful in your life compared to you just thinking a thought. And when you're just speaking something out loud, that's 20% more impactful than just thinking a thought in your head. Do you see what I mean? Are you starting to follow? Now, Let's talk about manifestation. Obviously, you know, and, and that's what we started this podcast with. We started with the fact that enough of you believe that your thoughts create your reality, which is amazing. But at this point, you have been so desensitized to this statement that you don't even fully internalize that. And hopefully we can change that today. Now, given that everybody already is on the same page that your thoughts or essentially your words create your reality. Right. And that's where we get into the whole trap of positive thinking. And, you know, I could I could talk to you till the cows come home about positive thinking and why positive thinking in and of itself can only get you halfway. Right. Because if you're using positive thinking to mask any of the negativity that's going through or coming or happening in your life, 
then that's never going to be a successful manifestation tool. But again, that might be a story for another episode. Today, we're going to talk about the power of your word. So here's what I'm thinking. Enough of you are reading all these books about manifestation. Enough of you are like, okay, I'm going to become a millionaire. Or, you know, actually, it's not a random example. Enough, literally enough of you want to become millionaires. Like $1 million just seems to be the magic number that unlocks the American dream and, and all the other dreams. Like, like enough of you want to get rich. That's totally cool. That is a really, really good way to start practicing your word magic. So, however, right, it's like, let's get it out of the way. You all have dreams. You all have aspirations. Not for all of you, it's a hundred. Uh, it, it, it's a million dollars. For some of you, it's a hundred million. For others, it's it's something else entirely. That it's not monetary. But you all have your wish, dreams, and desires. And then, you know, at face level, you all are trying to kind of like full reality, full the universe into thinking that. Um, you know, you're kind of on board with your vision, right? So you use things like affirmations and positive thinking and visualizations and mantras and all this good stuff, right? And you know what? For 90% of you, manifestation doesn't work. Okay, do we see any parallels here? Do you remember how earlier I told you that 90% of humanity has a really, really messed up, broken relationship with their word? Yeah. Okay, I see you nodding. I see you nodding. I hear you being in agreement with me. You all remember that. Great. Now, 90% of you are doing a really crappy job manifesting. Do you see a parallel? It's, by the way, the same 90%. Yep, the same 90%, not a different 90%. There is almost a one-to-one correlation between the people that have a broken relationship with their word and the people that cannot manifest anything for the life of them complete one-to-one correlation. There you have it. Yes. Yeah, you can thank me later. There you have it. Now, let's start digging deeper. You see, because you didn't even know that that was a problem. Enough of you are like, well, I don't know, maybe I should get a new book. Maybe I don't know, maybe I should get a manifestation coach. Maybe I should do this. Maybe maybe I should do that. The answer is you can get 26,000 bazillion books. That's not the figure. That's not the number that even exists. But even if you got that number of books on manifestation, you would still be exactly where you are today, unable to manifest anything. Because the precursor to manifestation is having a good relationship with the creative force within you, which is your word. Now, that's not the only thing that you need for manifestation. And I've, you know, essentially I've written a whole book about manifestation that's going to launch um, later this year in September of 21. However, that's beside the point because this is not something I talked about in the book. And this is exceptionally critical for you to be able to understand if you are to move forward and create for yourself the life that you want. So let's talk about the relationship with your word. Let's talk about what is so messed up. Because as I'm scanning the collective right now, enough of you are like flabbergasted. Enough of you are like, what do you mean the relationship with my word? Like, what do you mean? In fact, it's a pretty complex thing. A relationship with your word is a very complex construct that I'm going to attempt to break down for you. Okay. There are many, like I said, there are many ways that this relationship is dysfunctional. Let's start to peel off layer by layer. So hopefully we can get to some type of understanding of where you could even start to start to fix it, to try to fix it. First things first, 
what you say out loud is completely not correlated with your vision of the future. And I will give you examples. Now, again, you guys, this is a blind spot. This is a blind spot for you. What's coming through the collective right now is like, how dare she? No, I always talk about what I want. You know, I share what I want with my friends, da, 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 da. Yes, yes, for some of you, this is true. However, however, what matters is the percentage of your communication that I would perceive to be clean versus the percentage of your communication that I would perceive to be dirty. So here's what I mean by that. Let's, let's think of all of your communication, all the words that come out of your mouth as 100%, like a container that could be filled with 100% of water or something, or liquid, right? Clean communication, clean words, is something that would be aligned with the version of the future you're trying to manifest. The version of the future, the future life that you would like for yourself. That would be clean communication. Dirty communication is going to be something else, anything else that's not aligned to your version of the future. I'll give you, like, let's take the example with a million dollars. If 100% of everything, all the words, all the statements, all the thoughts that you voiced, if 100% of everything that came out of your mouth was fully aligned with a million dollars, you would manifest that million dollars really, really quickly, like incredibly quickly. You would not even know what, you know, you'd manifest it so quickly, you would not even know what to do with a million dollars yet. You know, literally so quickly you could align to that. However, that is not what's happening. I'll give you some quick examples of what's happening. So your communication is exceptionally, entirely, undeniably polluted. Because instead of focusing your communication around your goals and the future that your goals are going to enable for you, you focus on anything but. So somebody that is trying to manifest a million dollars would very often be in doubt or some type of frustration with an outward circumstance or some friend that doesn't want to support them, blah, blah, blah. So you guys you know, are always in a position where you have a lot of things incoming, right? So you're obviously this receptacle and things happen to you. Now, of course, they happen for you, but you're acting like they're happening to you, right? And so more often than not, what I see you spending your life force, your energy on, is reflecting upon what has happened in your day-to-day life, right? I don't know, the weather is bad, blah, blah, blah. Or like, my friend texted me this and that made me feel really bad, blah, 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 etc., etc. So there is a lot of noise. Like, A, it's really noisy in your head. But if you were to just listen to yourself day in and day out, your outward communication is extremely, extremely polluted and does not align you to your future. So anytime you are reflecting on what happened, especially if the thing that happened is not positive or is somehow neutral, right? So it's, if it's negative or neutral uh, in relationship to what you're trying to manifest, this communication doesn't serve you, right? Very often, like, let's look at women. Women, especially when they get together, what do they do? They gossip. Now, gossip is a whole other subject in and of itself because gossip never, literally never aligns you with your best future. Discussing somebody else behind their back never aligns you with your perfect future. Can you get that? Can you get that? 
By the way, there are men that are gossip, you know, gossips as well. It's not just women. Just wanted to put it out there because somehow as I was starting to talk about gossip, half of humanity tuned out. And by the way, I'd like to encourage you to listen in because that is something that you're not necessarily, you haven't figured out either, um, my fellow men. But going back to gossip, right? So the energy, the, the energy of gossip is the energy of envy, it's the energy of comparison or the energy of judgment. Neither of the three is getting you to your perfect future. I can guarantee you. I guarantee you. So if you're not going to stop gossiping because you're treating everything and everyone around you from the space of your heart, which by essence, by essence, would already communicate to you that they're a part of you. And that's why by judging them, you're really judging yourself. If that is not going to be your motivation, at least think about the future that you want to try to align with and think about the power of your own manifestation. And at least do that for the sake of your own manifestation. But let's go back to the fact that your communication is entirely polluted. So anytime you're focusing on how the world is not going your way, um, or, and by the way, your communication doesn't even have to be negative to be polluting, right? It can be neutral. As long as it's not reinforcing your future the way you want it to be, it by definition is going to be diluting the frequency that you're trying to bring in. So again, it's not about positive versus negative thinking, right? Um, and it's really hard for some of you because a lot of you are only pr- able to process your emotions, especially negative ones, as you start talking about them. Yeah, yeah, that's also a shadow. Now, what if I were to tell you that you don't need to voice your emotions for them to be real or for, them to pro- for you to be able to process them? One way to deal with your emotions, by the way, like let's stop here for a really, really quick exercise. If there is an overwhelming emotion, especially negative, one way to deal with it is to be in it instead of trying to talk yourself out of it, which is the tool that you have been using. Because as you're using your voice, as you're using your words to talk yourself through a negative feeling, you are polluting your own cell of the matrix and you are polluting your future. Here's what's happening. Do you guys know, um, by the way, we'll get to this exercise in a quick second, but I just wanted to let you know here that look at the state of the environment. Look at the state of planet Earth. Look at how much plastic is floating in the ocean. What do you think this is a proxy for? What do you think this is trying to show you? What this is showing you is that your environment is polluted. Duh, I mean. But what I mean by that, it doesn't mean that planet Earth is polluted because enough of you don't really think of planet Earth as your home. You think of your house or your apartment as your home, but not as planet Earth. That is too much of high-level thinking reserved for the very few of you, right? And because you don't necessarily extrapolate your house, or should I say the borders of your home, you know, the the outskirts of your home to encompass 100% of planet Earth, then you kind of don't care that there is plastic floating around. But you also know why you don't care? Because that is exactly the behavior that happens with you polluting your own cell of the matrix with your thoughts and specifically with your words. In other words, you are polluting your life and your future 
day in and day out. Kind of like throwing away many plastic bottles every hour into the vast ocean of your future and pretending that's never going to hit you or that's never going to hurt you. Well, it's wrong because your future is an ecosystem. And if you keep polluting that ecosystem, because everything always happens in the now, there is no such thing as your past and no such thing as your future. Everything is always in the now, right? So if you put enough plastic in your freaking ocean, eventually it's going to suffocate you. And try climbing out of that, I don't know, mountain of plastic to try to get to the life you want. That's going to be really, really hard. So that's what I want to like, okay, here's the misconception, you guys. Because you cannot see the energy of the word, you made it not real. But it is not true. Every single word that comes out of your mouth today is going to impact you for the rest of your life. Do you get that? Do you get that? I see some nods collectively. Okay. Right? So it's not like it's one and done. It's not like it's here and gone. This word, the statement that you have just uttered is going to be with you in the grand soup of your incarnation, in the grand soup of your life forever as a plastic bottle, if it was negative, as a pollutant, right? So at any point in time, you're either polluting your future or you're purifying your future. And you're doing that with your word, with your communication. So what is it going to be? Are you going to add to the pile of plastic and dirt and schmuck? that has already accumulated in your vast, beautiful ocean? Or are you going to start the cleanup work? Because the time is now. And enough of you, literally 90% of you, are in such a state of pollution as it relates to the mental constructs, words and thoughts, that you it's going to take you a while to cleanse this already. So if the state is dire, you guys. It's not like you can think about it in 20 years from now. You need to start today, freaking yesterday, right? Anyhow, so really quickly, let's go back to this because um, I promised you um, how you can process your emotions because I see a lot of you using your language and using your words instead of pay, like to, to kind of just work through an emotion, right? Especially women, especially if the emotion is negative. What do you do? You call your girlfriend, then she validates it for you. Then you call another girlfriend and you're like, I don't know, I felt that way. And he did this and she called me that and blah, blah, blah. Or like my kids don't like me, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, look at how much you polluted your, your, your immediate surroundings. Your matrix cell became two shades darker. Thank you very much. You didn't even realize that. You didn't even realize that that thing, that simple, simple act of seeking camaraderie and seeking understanding from your girlfriends was actually you polluting your cell of the matrix with three tons more plastic that you're going to have to uncover, unearth, and clean up somehow. You thought it was just you being close to your girlfriends. Or you thought it was innocent. Or you thought it was just a thing that it was normal, quote-unquote, to do. Well, it's only normal because the relationship with the word on this planet is in the gutter. It is like literally about as bad as I've seen it. Even in third dimensional planets, you guys, I've seen a lot of planets. Planet Earth is the bottom 3%. Yeah, that's how bad it is. Complete disregard for logos. Complete disregard for, like, for word. For words. For what you say, when you say it, how you say it. Complete disregard. 
Like I've never treated such a whole, like not, not treated. I've never seen, should I say, hardly ever do I see such a holy, sacred, creative tool, your words, being treated with such complete disregard and disrespect as it is treated on planet Earth. It is quite unbelievable, you guys. Anyway, so how do you deal with emotions? Because the answer is not to deposit them in your kidneys or your ovaries or wherever else you're used to taking your emotions that you cannot process. Here's a quick practice. So do it with me if you're feeling like there is an emotion that has been unprocessed in you. You're going through something. It's a negative emotion. You don't want to feel it. And you feel very tempted to deposit it in a part of your body that's going to cause you cancer later. (laughs) If that's what's happening, do this exercise with me. Okay. Imagine that you're floating in the vast, vast ocean. And this ocean contains everything in existence. Everything that ever was. Everything that is. And everything that will be. And now, because you also are part water, imagine this emotion that you're dealing with. Imagine that come through and center in the waters of your heart. That is where that emotion belongs right now. Your heart, your beautiful heart is a filter. It is kind of like your evacuation system, if you will, for the emotions that no longer serve you. But it is also the container for everything that you're meant to experience. Now, imagine that your ocean is, um, sorry, your heart is an ocean, right, of emerald green energies. And then there's this emotion starting to float up to the surface of that ocean. You want it to really come up, you know, and you want to like be present to what that emotion is. What does it look like? You know, does it have a shape? Does it cover the, the like the full um, surface of the ocean or just the part of it? Like you really want to get present to that. Right. So you really want to be with an emotion. You don't want to make yourself wrong for feeling it. Right. You definitely don't want to suppress it. Because that is not how heart is supposed to work. Your heart is a tool and we need to start learning to use it as such. Now, here's what we're going to do. Imagine that the ocean of your heart starts expanding and starts merging with the oceans of the rest of the universe. Enough so that you don't know where one ends and the other one begins. When the ocean of your heart becomes the entirety of the universe and the entirety of existence. And as such, imagine the two oceans intermingling with one another and interacting. And the waves kind of like of your heart ocean spilling into the greater ocean. And as that happens, imagine that this emotion that you're feeling is being spilled over into the vastness of the ocean of the universe, right, you know, outside of your heart space. And as it spills over, you know, as you share your emotion, your negative emotion, that which is rising up to bubbling up to the surface, as you're sharing it, and that becomes part of the great ocean of the universe, it disintegrates. It evaporates, 
it gets purified. Because the waters of the great ocean, the ocean of the universe, are exceptionally healing energies. These are the waters of the Divine Mother. These are the waters of the Divine Feminine. These are the waters of the healer in you. These are your healing waters. Because you are everything and everything is you. You have never been separate from the Great Mother. She has always been here for every step of your journey, carrying you when she needed it, when you needed it, and consoling you when you felt bad. And so she's here to take away your pain today. So share that. Share that negative emotion, whatever it might be, with her freely. And let her take that away from you and transcend that. And let her give you back another emotion. Something that you really need right now. And as you're ready to receive from the Great Mother, imagine as there are waves that are incoming into the ocean of your heart space and they're carrying with themselves a different kind of frequency, a different kind of energy, a different kind of emotion for you to experience and live through. And that emotion is a beautiful, gleaming, glittering color. I don't know what color it is because the mother is going to share something unique with each and every one of you. But this is something that you needed. And this is something that you've really missed. So internalize that and encapsulate that in your heart. And as you're staying with this new emotion in your heart, enable the water of your heart ocean to come down and wash away every internal organ that you have with this new beautiful healing frequency from your great mother. And imagine how the membranes of each of your cells are kind of like opening up and letting in that frequency, kind of like engulfing it, almost like they're thirsty and they're drinking it in. And then they're just staying in those vibrations. So allow yourself to fully stay in this vibrations, in the oneness with the Divine Mother and the universe for as long as it feels good. And then when you're ready, come back to finish this conversation about the integrity and the power, the creative power of your word. So we've already discussed, right? Oh, by the way, so like, please use and abuse this practice anytime you feel you cannot deal with an emotion. So every time you feel cold, to go and talk to your girlfriends to try to get some understanding uh, out of them or to, to try to get coaching or help from anyone, even your therapist. Oh my God, therapy is one of the biggest pollutants of your future. You know why? Because you spend hours upon hours sharing every single thing that's wrong with you, the universe, or your perception of, of the above. And that is why therapy actually makes life worse for you, not better. Huh? You love the irony of this? And you're paying money for it. Yeah, you're paying money to pollute your future. So how about that? Okay, so one way, let's go back to the integrity of your word. So one way you pollute it, let's actually, why don't we talk about all the different ways that you pollute it? Way number one, you don't do what you said you're going to do. That is a betrayal of your own personal word frequency. Somebody who doesn't want to pollute, misuse, disregard or spit in the face of this beautiful creative energy of logos would never break a promise that they give to themselves and others number one you never break a freaking promise if you said 
that you're going to go to the gym and that is your New Year's resolution, freaking go to the gym. You are going to really benefit from it in more ways than one. Also, what what else does that mean? Don't give promises that you don't intend to keep. Don't give promises that you cannot keep to yourself and others. That is where integrity comes in. Integrity is the first pillar of a healthy relationship with your word. And integrity on this planet is awful, non-existent. 2% of people are, like I could say, are in complete alignment with doing what they said they're going to do. 2%. You guys, what about 98%? Let's start there. There is no integrity. You promise things to people that you don't intend to keep. How many times have you promised somebody to be like to come to their party when you knew you're not had no intention of doing that, right? Or how many times you're kind of like softly said yes when you knew you were fully, fully going to flake out last minute? A lot, you guys, a lot, really. So if you thought, right, that those actions didn't have any consequences, well, I have news for you because they do. Full consequences, right? So do what you said you're going to do. If you want to clean, start cleaning the vessel and start mending the relationship with your word. Do what you said you're going to do. Two, don't ever use your own words to speak anything into existence that is negative about yourself. Literally, you have to cut this out of your vocabulary. I am fat. I am stupid. Or anything that is even maybe not so dramatic, but like, I don't know what to do about this. Or perhaps I'm not good enough. Or I'm scared about X, Y, Z. Or um, I don't know that I'm qualified for something, right? Like all of these statements are just examples of all of the ways that you're programming yourself your reality, and polluting your personal future, your personal soul of the matrix. So any type of negative statements or confused statements or statements that are full of doubt or fear or any negative frequency about yourself, cut them out. Literally 100%. Like you are not allowed to speak negatively about yourself to yourself or other humans. And I don't care if you believe that's the ultimate truth of the universe. And I don't believe if you think that this is the only thing that you want to talk about in this moment in time, you're not allowed. If you're trying to be a master manifester, if you're trying to come and walk into a better future, not allowed to talk negative about yourself. Third, not allowed to talk negative about your world, people that surround you, circumstances and events, the weather, politics, freaking the president, the news, you cannot talk negative about anything that surrounds you. You can't. You cannot have negative statements about that because you are, again, putting dirt, schmuck, plastic, and everything in the ocean of your future as you do that. The question that's coming from the collective is, so am I then supposed to be inauthentic? No. You absolutely are not. I am not. I would never, never in a billion years teach you inauthenticity. However, however, here's what you should think about. You are essentially a broadcasting company. 
you are a frequency. You are like a radio station or if you like a TV channel. Each of you are. And with your communication, you are actively choosing the programs that are going to run on your channel. So in the same way that a TV station is very deliberate about planning which programs, which movies it's going to show, you know, from, you know, essentially all like 24-7, you should be deliberate too. And by the way, every TV channel is deliberate. The producers of that channel spend an ungodly amount of hours filling up the airspace and it's all based on their mission and like what they stand for. So like a Hallmark channel is going to be very different from MTV. And I hope you all notice that from HBO, et cetera, et cetera. They all operate for different audiences. So when you choose to broadcast, right? In this example, you are the TV station. When you choose to broadcast all the ways that you are upset, unhappy with, judgy (laughs) of your surrounding world, essentially you are running a negative program and enough of you are in this negativity all day, every day. If you are running this negative program, there's going to be more things that match that frequency that would come into your world. There is no other way outside of it. There is no other way around it. Nothing else can come through. So you're not even giving the chance to the fairy tale, to the purple rainbows and unicorns and millions of dollars and the love of your life, a twin flame or anything that is positive to be attracted to you because you are broadcasting horror movies and freaking news with car crashes and murders all day, every day. Also, by the way, if you're a TV station, all the people that are around you are tuning into your TV station and they're essentially our watchers. They're your spectators. They're your audience. What kind of audience do you think horror movies attract versus the Hallmark Channel? You know, what kind of audience do you think that is? Do you think that's an audience that's going to aid you and assist you on becoming the best version of yourself? Or do you think that's the audience that's going to hold you back? Yeah. And I think you know the answer. It's the audience that's going to hold you back. You know why? Because according to the clusterization principle of energy, they, it's in their best interest for you to maintain, to, to remain in these frequencies. Right? So your audience is fully incentivized to maintain your energies and not have you skip levels. That is why when you upgrade your life and awaken whatever you want to call it or move towards your goals, your old friends don't match you anymore. Your old friendships start falling away. You know why? Because they were spectators of a different TV show and you're no longer broadcasting at that frequency. So they're no longer interested in what you have to broadcast. Because if that audience is into horror movies and you're a romantic comedy today, there's no freaking way that they're going to be interested in your romantic comedy. If you started attracting your twin flame and their life is still burning and crashing and they're being all negative about the news and the president and everything else that's going on in the world, there's no way that they're going to want to hear about your, your, your twin flame. No way. Because they don't want to think about the twin flame. The only, the only angle that they can think about the twin flame is, oh, how it sucks that they don't have it. So the frequency of envy. That's the best, the the most you can get out of that. Like that's the only quote unquote alignment you can get out of these people, right? So again, 
you don't get, if you are serious about becoming a powerful manifester, if you're serious about getting yourself out of the gutter, if you're serious about finally taking a stance for yourself in your life, you stop talking bad about other people. You stop talking bad about the weather. You stop making negative statements about anything else. And if you feel an emotion, again, bubbling up to the surface and you don't know how to deal with that emotion without giving it voice, do the ocean exercise from earlier. Do the ocean exercise. It'll help you. That is a better, very productive, healthy way to deal with an emotion that's coming for you instead of sharing it. Because by sharing a negative emotion, you're broadcasting it, which means that you're essentially like... You're contagious. Your energy is contagious. You, 100% of you, not just some of you. It's not like there are some people that are born with an incessant amount of energies and others don't have any whatsoever. Each of you has the power to impact others around you. So by sharing an emotion of grief with others, you're being contagious. You've just passed on the grief to them or the pain or the judgment or the jealousy or the suspicion, or the fear, all of it, you know? You just took that murky waters outside of your own container and spilled it in, in 360 directions. That's what you just did. You know what's going to happen? A whole lot of new dirty water is going to come back to you from 360 directions because that is the principle of reciprocity. One of the main rules of the universe. You get what you give, up, give out, right? So unless you want all kinds of dirt coming your way, got to be careful about the statements that you make about yourself and the future, especially if they're negative. Empty talk. Fourth pillar. Empty talk. Not good, you guys. Not good. Listening, actually, is much more important than broadcasting and talking. Listening is a much more important form of communication, believe it or not. You can get literally 90% of the stuff that you need to be successful by merely listening, by focusing on other instead of only always focusing on yourself. So work on becoming better listeners because listening to somebody else's communication communicates, <laughs> no pun intended, the fact that you treasure the energy of the word that somebody else, another being, is transmitting over to you. So in essence, that shows respect for the words of the other. Respecting the words of others is a way to communicate to the universe, point blank, that you recognize the power of the energy of God, the power of Logos, the power of the word to create reality. And because you recognize that, you treat it with reverence and respect that it deserves. And that's why not listening to others, interrupting them when they speak, is a sign of disrespect not for them, but for the energy of God and your own future. Every time you interrupt another, you are chipping away at the happy version of your future. If this is a bad habit of yours, you have to pay attention. Every time you feel cold to interrupt something every time you f someone sorry every time you feel cold to do that understand that that is a bad habit that is taking you away further away from the future that you want not closer to it 
it's a red flag. So notice it within yourself. And any time this energy of like wanting to interrupt somebody comes comes forward, understand that words are a treasure. So if you show reverence to the words of others, they're going to show reverence to the words of you. And don't get annoyed if somebody interrupts you, by the way. Don't get annoyed. It doesn't mean that they think they're somehow better than you. All you should show them is compassion because they simply don't understand how to use the energy of Logos properly. They're not bad people. They're just misinformed, right? So you can lead by example. Listen. Always talk less. Listen more. There's there's like a set of scales, right? So imagine, right, now... There's essentially the only judgment day that you guys are going to experience is going to be from your own guides and, you know, your higher self or your higher self is really the main judge. So essentially it's, you know, definitely not the Christian definition of judgment day. But communications is something that is definitely being evaluated during, you know, like when you're going to do the review of your life, one of the things you're definitely going to come across is evaluating your own personal communication. And there's going to be a score at the end of it. Essentially, did you leverage the power, the creative power of God, the great energy of Logos in the positive way or in the negative way? Did you misuse it? Did you use it exactly how it's supposed to be used? And every time you listened and every time, so like every time you listen, there's like a little feather put on the left side of the scale. And every time you talked, there's going to be a feather put on the right side of the scale. And the scales need to be close to balance. That's you know, the really important thing. It's the give and take. If one of the, like one of the sets of the scale is out of balance, then you haven't been leveraging the God-given tool in the right way. So always make sure that you're taking the time to listen. Because speaking, just speaking, you know, communicates like a certain level of selfishness, but also a certain level of disregard for the energy of the word, right? Because yes, your own future matters. But, but, in order to be on the same wavelength with the energy of the word, you also have to be in the mode of receiving, not just broadcasting. In other words, you can't disregard any aspect of that energy. Because other people's words are also creative tools. And just because they're not yours doesn't make them any less valid right fifth way that you don't want like fifth pillar you know what are the other ways you don't ever want to use your language to help manifest anybody's suboptimal future let me say that again you don't want to use the energy of creator flowing through you in the form of your words to shape anybody's future in the negative way. Because that would constitute the misuse of this great energy. The energy of the word is the pure creative force. It's not the polluted, diluted, messed up force. You're the one that could bring distortion to that field. But it comes in its purest form from God consciousness. The most pristine form you could imagine. Now, 
Everybody likes to be an advisor. Everybody likes to be a little bit of a counselor with their friends. However, your words matter. With every word, you can bring somebody up or you can tear somebody down. Never use the power of your word to bring anybody down because that would pollute your future, not just theirs. Essentially, whatever you create for others as their future, you also create for yourself. And that is also the principle of reciprocity or the mirroring principle. However, so let's let's look here. I'll give you examples. If you, um, for instance, say your friend, because they don't understand how the great logos works, they come to you and they, they start telling you a story about themselves in which they're small, not enough, I don't know, don't belong somewhere or any version of the negative story. If you are in agreement with them, if you say something that validates that story, you're accentuating their problem. In other words, in that moment in time, you're co-creating the suboptimal version of their future. I don't know. Your girlfriend is coming to you saying, hey, you know, I don't like my hairstyle, blah, blah, blah. And they tell her, okay, well, as a good friend, you should tell them that her hairstyle really sucks. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. How about, and I'm not saying lying, because that is another thing that you should never do, right? We're going to get to the pillar of lying right right, ne- right next to it. But you, ne- you should never lie. But what you should tell to your friend in that case is you should point out something that's really good about them. You know, try to change the angle of communication, you know, and always bring somebody up. Don't tear them down. And don't you ever project your own fears into their future. Quick example, your friend comes to you and tells them that they want to quit their job and pursue their dream career or something that you have a personal opinion that they are not qualified to do or they're going to miserably fail at. That is your opinion. That is not their future yet. However, however, if you tell them, you know, you put on like the advisor hat or the counselor hat or the therapist hat, or I'm the wiser friend hat, and you tell them, oh no, don't do that because, oh my God, you're going to fail. Or how are you going to make money? How are you going to pay your bills? And like anytime you would put a limitation onto them, that starts creating a version of their future that is a little bit less optimal than the one they would have created on their own. And by the way, there's always retribution for that. Karma is a chick that means business. I'm just saying, right? So you never want to be on the receiving end of her backlash. Get one thing really clear. Your limitations are your own. They're not your friend's limitations. If your friend comes to you saying they want to quit their job, it is because they are being divinely guided to do so, not for any other reason. Because anytime your friend wants to do something that is inherently uncomfortable is because it's their path. Right? Otherwise, it would have just stayed with the status quo. It's so much simpler, so much easier. right? So a- anyway, if your friend comes to you, you have to show them support, even if, even if you, know, you personally wouldn't do that. Right? So learn to recognize where you're projecting your own personal limitations on others. 
Because your perception that that friend is not going to have bills to pay has nothing to do with that friend. It has something to do with your own personal fears. So keep your personal fears contained, right? So again, it's not about being inauthentic. It's being having the discernment to separate church from state and not project your own fears, limitations, and worries on others because you're polluting their future and your own. Next pillar is lying or fudging the truth. Another face of lying. Or passive-aggressive behavior at work. Another form of lying and being inauthentic. Any type of inauthenticity, any shape of lying pollutes your relationship with the word. Because why? Why would you ask me, like, you know, why, why, why does it pollute it, right? I can see a lot of you being confused. They're like, well, what if I'm lying to preserve somebody else's feelings? Lying shows a disrespect for the energy of the word. So you see, you cannot disrespect this energy. You cannot treat it as nothing and then expect it to be on your side next day when you're trying to manifest something. Imagine you had a dog, you know, and the dog really loved you. But every time it would come up to cuddle you, you'd kick it in the face. And you kick it enough so many times that like that dog freaking doesn't want to come near you anymore. Is it a bad dog? No. But did you condition the dog? Absolutely. So anytime you lie, you're kicking the creative force of the word smack in the face. And then next day you're like, well, why don't you come and help me out manifest a million dollars? And the energy of the word is like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. You know what? No, thank you. So because everything is a reciprocity principle, right? How you treat the energy of the word is how the energy of the word is going to treat you. Lying, big no-no. Big no-no. You're better off not saying anything. If you don't want to lie, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Or say the truth. How about that? There is a way to phrase the truth that's not going to hurt people's feelings. I guarantee you. There is a way to phrase it in a way that it is true. But yeah, you don't want to be telling lies. Yeah. The wizard never tells lies like a Harry Potter movie. If the wizard is intent to manifesting the life that they want, they shouldn't be telling lies. And not because it's morally wrong. It's because you are cutting down the tree of your own creative force. And next day or the week after or next year, whenever you're ready to manifest, you're going to come to the tree and the tree is not going to be around because you cut it down. Yeah. Good luck with that. Lies, no good. These are the main ways that you go about cutting your own creative force and misusing your own creative tools. Making yourself small through the power of your word. Making others small through the power of your word. Criticizing the world around you. You know, zeroing in on all the things that are off and wrong are not the way to build your reality. Let's look at the flip side. What should you be doing? How should you be treating your words? What is that right vibration? Because that is the most important thing, you guys, is for you to understand the vibration of the word that is used in a holy, sacred way 
And that vibration is going to unlock massive potential for you. Treat your words as if they were gold. Really pay attention to your words. As if every word that comes out of your mouth was a coin. Does it have value in and of itself? Does it carry with it light and truth and honesty and authenticity? Does it lift somebody else up instead of tearing them down? Does it help create something that is worth creating in this world? Does it, have, does it help multiply positive energies and good frequencies instead of multiplying everything that's wrong with this world? You know, if you want to make this world a better place, why don't you start with your relationship to your creative force, to your power, right? Make sure that the vast majority of your communication is non-polluted communication, right? Which means it's communication that brings forth the reality that you want. It's a communication that plays to the hand that you've been dealt, right? I don't know, something bad happens. You should be like, well, you know, I know that the universe always takes care of me. For now, I cannot quite tell you from this point in time how this thing that happened is going to get me onto my path. But I know it is because I know everything always happens for a reason. And then there is a reason why this happened to me is because now I may be aligning with my path better. And, you know, in a few months or a few years, I would know exactly why this thing happened for me, not to me, right? Because I know that it was just leading me closer to my, per like, to my perfect future, right? So that is the type of communication that should be leaving your tongue and leaving your mouth as a reaction to anything that is quote-unquote negative, right? By the way, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as positive either, for that matter. It's what you make it mean, right? So start coloring everything pink. What I mean by that is you are myopic. By definition, I hate to say this, it's not a bad thing, it's not a good thing, it's just what is. You are myopic, which means that you have a complete lack of ability. By the way, very much by design. Don't think that again, like this is not happening to you, it's happening for you. You don't know how the thing that happened today, where that's going to lead you or how that aligns with your future. And some of the things that you perceive in the moment as really, really crappy and really, really negative, in hindsight, could be the really, really positive things. So don't presume that you know better than the universe. And stop putting judgmental statements out there in a way that shapes your reality down the negative track or sends your reality down the negative track. Because again, you are myopic. You have, you don't see, you know, beyond the next step. You're not meant to see beyond the next step unless you have clairvoyance, right? And if you're not meant to see beyond the next step, then how do you know if this thing that just happened was good or bad? The answer is you don't know, but you pretend that you know. And then you involve other people so they can pretend with you. And oh my God, then you have agreement and then you've really polluted your ocean. I mean, good luck trying to climb out of that one. Okay. So this was all theoretical. I want to leave you with a practice though, right? 
because I don't ever want our conversations to come across as doomsday. And I know there is a little bit of an ease at the collective level right now. Like I, I kind of, you know, um, you know, the sediment at the bottom of the ocean, I kind of shaken it all up and now we have muddy waters. It's kind of like how I feel about that. Like enough of you got the, the point that, okay, like I need to be careful with what I say now. I have to keep my promises, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with the fact though, that you can do some cleanup work. Let's do some cleanup work. All right. Imagine you are in the muddy waters because that's what you guys are in essentially, right? So I want you to get in the meditative state with me. You can start with breathing. You can light a candle if that feels better. You can lie down if that feels better. You can go in nature if that feels better. Or you can just stay exactly where you are because you are perfect and where you are in this moment in time is perfect for this exercise. So imagine you are floating in the deep waters of the ocean. It is your personal ocean. It is the ocean of your present, past, and future. And in this ocean, the waters are maybe not crystalline clear yet. Um, they're a little bit dirty. They're a little bit muddy. They are maybe a little bit more gray than we'd like. They're not this blue turquoise waters that you see uh, in this beautiful retouched pictures of the Caribbean. They're not that. They're the, the dirty, swampy <laughs> waters, if you will. First things first. Promises and oaths, exceptionally polluting, especially the ones that you couldn't keep in the past. So all the broken promises and the broken oaths. Let's start there. As you're closing your eyes and you're imagining yourself floating in this ocean, you will see that there are multiple cords of gold light that are emanating from your body and they're connecting to different parts of your body. Some of it can be connected to your throat or your, you know, your back, your hands, anything is possible, honestly, because every oath we make, every promise we make attaches itself to a certain part of our body that is meant to remind us, if you will, that we even made that oath or that promise in the first place. Now there are oaths and then there are promises that you are keeping. You know, obviously you have good habits, you know, there are some you know, things that you do exactly what you said you're going to do. Then there are others where you don't. Carrying oaths and promises with you that you consistently don't keep are exceptionally polluting for your ecosystem. So we really want to cut it out. So what you want to ask the universe or ask this ocean to do is only show you the chords that are detrimental to you in this point in time. As in, whatever promises or oaths that you've given in the past that you are not maintaining, that are dragging and sucking into your energy field and that are polluting your waters. So ask the universe to only show you those cords. We'll take a second here. Right now that these cords are really visible for you, what you want to do is you want to take a sword, a sword of light. It also happens to be the sword of Archangel Michael. And um, I apologize uh, to Archangel Michael because he's going to have to share the sword with everybody listening to this podcast. And it's okay. <laughs> he likes to share uh, sometimes. Uh, for this, uh, for this um, episode, he wants to share. So we're all good. So you want to take the sword of Michael and you want to cut the cords. You know, just cut them. Cut them. And watch them disintegrate. Watch the cords kind of like evaporate, poof into nothing. And as that happens, feel 
how your shoulders are almost like getting loose and how it's almost like a weight has been lifted. Like some aspects of you have been freed up and you didn't even know that those aspects of you were trapped. So not only do the promises and the oaths that you give to yourself and others that you are not fulfilling, by the way, not only are they sucking away your energy, not only are they draining you, you day in and day out, they're also polluting your most important tool, your word compass or your word toolbox, your creative logos force. Not good. Not good at all. Right? Now, within this ocean, there are all kinds of things, all kinds of islands that are floating around. And you would want to go island by island, collapsing them and healing them with white light. Let's start with some of the main islands. I will just guide you to some of the main islands that you would need to collapse. And then if you feel that there are more islands, you can do that in your own free time as well. So the first island is the island of gossip, right? So you're becoming present to the desert island, or maybe it's not desert, maybe it's populated island of gossip that's floating in your ocean. So anytime you have spoken, whether badly or, you know, maybe not very positively, behind somebody's back, you have polluted your own personal ocean. Anytime that you have spoken about somebody without kindness, and by the way, I don't even care if they wronged you. If that person was the biggest jerk and then you still said something about them behind their back, even if that was warranted, that goes straight to the island of gossip. And by the way, this is the island where your dreams go to die. It's a graveyard for your dreams. Right? Because you cannot speak badly of others without that energy being splashed right back in your face. And it has been splashing in your face and you didn't even know it. And then you wonder why your manifestation doesn't work. Well, what, how about we stop gossiping about others? How about we stop saying anything behind people's back that is not all the way 100% positive? So what you want to do is you want to take the island of gossip and encapsulate it, cover it in the sphere of white light right? So it's almost like white light should engulf that island floating in your ocean. And then as that happens, you want the white light to kind of like start eating away at all the negativity around the island of gossip that you have created through your own life. And watch as that island is becoming smaller, 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 until it shrinks into essentially one cell and then into nothing. So that is how you collapse uh, a field of negativity, right? With white light. So essentially, we cleaned up gossip. Let's watch the and the next island. The next island is the island of negative talk, self talk. For some of you, this island is going to be huge, humongous. It'll cover so much of your ocean. Oh, it's not even funny, right? All the times that you've spoken about yourself in a less than loving format, you were creating this big island, negative self-talk, whether it's to yourself, to others, you know, anytime, anything that it was not remotely positive, anytime that 
you know, left your mouth, you were contributing to this huge pollutant, this huge island. Now let's do the same thing. Imagine that this big, fat, huge island is being encapsulated by a sphere of white luminescent diamond esque pearlescent light. And as that happens, start to see how this light is kind of like starting to erase the edges of this island and starting to kind of like you would erase with an eraser. Um, and it starts, yeah, like kind of like chipping away, eating away at this island and it starts shrinking it, you know, one inch at a time, right? And then quicker and faster and faster and eventually it poofs into nothing, right? That island is gone. Now you want to go um, to the next island, and that is all of the negative statements about you. Uh, sorry, all of the negative statements about your world, about the people around you, the weather, anything else that surrounds you, any negative statements that you've made about situations, people, or events in your life are going to be on this island. Pay attention to how big it is, how small it is. You know, it might have some people that you've wronged living on it. You know, you may even, if you have time, you may walk around, look around, see some friends maybe that you, you you know, you haven't, um, you know, said positive things to them or about them, which is not necessarily gossip, but this also is going to contain all the things about your world, any statements that you made about, I don't know, anything that um, is related to your world, your job, your um, uh, anything that was happening in the ether around you, essentially anything that was happening in the grand collective, you know, the elections, uh, the state of the health, anything, right? Like all of that negativity that has to do with the world around you. You want to encapsulate that island with a sphere of white light and collapse it, just like we did before. <sighs> breathe here. Like, feel free to breathe in and out really deeply. In and out. And as you breathe in, imagine that you're breathing in the, you know, the, the dark air and then you're breathing out light. Right, so like that's a way for you to work kind of like through that a little bit because every time you breathe out light, you breathe it into your ocean. So you're like becoming a vehicle and a vessel for that healing. The next island that we're going to deal with is all of the lies that you, and all of the half-truths that you've ever told from the day that you were old enough to speak until right now. This island, man, is so polluted. Literally, I see a lot of you have like this mountain, mountainous structures made of dirt and debris on these islands. That's how many lies you guys have told. By the way, the lies that you've told to yourself go here as well. Every time you wanted to mislead yourself, you know, wishful thinking sometimes goes here. You know, any lie, any inauthenticity would end up on this island right here. You want to encapsulate it into a sphere of white light, erase and collapse it into, you know, see it becoming smaller, smaller, smaller until it becomes nothing.
stay stay here for a quick second, right? In this in the state of nothing. And just be present to these energies. The energies of the grand healing and the grand clearing. Now, there are a few more islands left for each of you. I'm not going to walk you through that, but feel free to stop this recording to finish this meditation. Because what you want to do from now on is you want the universe to show you exactly how many islands you need to still work through, right? So ask the universe, how many islands do I still need to work through to heal my relationship with my word? And there is going to be a number in your head that's going to be very clear. Three, seven, however many, 17 for some of you. I hate to say this, right? So you want to pay attention to the number. And then you want to go island by island, encapsulating them into white light. If you have a lot of them, if you have 17, you can do all 17 in one swipe, in one go. You just have to imagine 17 different islands being encapsulated with white light. Like there's no reason why you cannot do all of them in parallel. And by the way, the good news about this is you don't even have to know the names of these islands or what they stand for, what they represent. It still works. Energy works. Energy, um, like practices like that still work no matter what, because you're having your guardians, your guides present right with you. And you also have the universe on your side. So rest assured, you're not going to accidentally erase something that was not meant to be erased. And you're divinely guided through this process. I promise you. I promise you. Okay. Now that you're done with the islands, here's what I want you to do. Imagine that at the bottom of the ocean, the ground is like porous. So it has like pores, like essentially little holes. And now that you've done all of these healing, the pollution has stopped. And like for any good ecosystem, ecosystem of your the vastness of your ocean is going to mend itself it's going to heal itself it's going to bring itself into its most pure and pristine state into its state of perfection because that is how natural features act this is how oceans act if the pollution stops the ecosystem is able to cleanse itself so watch now that with this external pollutants all of these islands gone that all of the dirt and debris is starting to sift through the membranes at the bottom of the ocean and, you know, essentially just gets evacuated from the vastness of your ocean, gets evacuated from your system. And as this sediment, you know, keeps sinking to the bottom of the ocean, the water is starting to clear up. And all of a sudden, what used to be murky and dark and gray is emerging on the other side as the beautiful turquoise and aquamarine. Or, you know, maybe it's another color. There is no shame in your ocean being pink or purple, whatever comes through. As long as it's the pure rendition of that color, you're doing the right job. So see your ocean being clear, clear, right? And that ocean represents the power of your word, the power of the consciousness that speaks through that word, right? Allow this process to happen naturally and it'll take, you know, however long it's going to take. For some of you, it's going to be five, 10 minutes. And that's fine to stay here and allow your ocean to cleanse itself and purify itself. And the other thing that you have to do is make a commitment. If you're ready, if you feel cold, if you feel ready to from this day forward, treat your word as a sacred energy that it is. 
and stop polluting your communication with lies or negativity or half-truths or gossip and start being intentional with what you create because every word that you utter is a little chip towards the life that you want or a little chip away of the life that you want and you're in the driver's seat and you're the one in control so start acting consciously start acting like the true creator would and start being deliberate with a hundred percent of your communication because whether you'd like it or not your word is the number one tool in your creation box you cannot make it untrue because according to the plans of the great architect and according to the plans of the great creator this is how it's meant to be so start awakening to the fact that your word is sacred it has been sacred from the first word that you've spoken and it will be sacred until the very last word that you utter in this incarnation so start treating it with respect and reverence and it will bring back to you the life that you want it is going to come back to you this energy is going to come back to you full circle and you will be amazed at how powerful your word has become or will become because a cleansed a purified word is up to 1000 times more impactful than the same word that carries with itself a diluted frequency so purify your communication purify the words that you speak and you will get back a purified undiluted version of the future that you want as opposed to a poor imitation of that future that you inadvertently created with your polluted damaged communication you are sacred you have always been you have just merely forgotten start awakening to the miracle that you are to the miracle that is your word by purifying your vessel and by purifying everything that you are creating everything that you put out into this world everything that you're broadcasting and know that this is a perfect perfect time and a perfect place to practice undiluted unhindered creation know in your heart of hearts that you can and you will have the life that you love and the life that you deserve and it is a mere word away the word of god thank you for being with me today thank you for tuning in i see so much light in your future so much light that even you are unaware of and it starts from you recognizing the power of god the power of source in your way in your veins the power of the great logos thank you have a great day thank you so much for listening to conversations with my higher self podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. 
If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.